This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 75-inch. On this week's episode, we do a deep analysis of Weird Al's Even Worse album and kick off one of our world-famous top five lists with our friend and podcast supporter, Angel Valenzuela. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. The biggest Weird Al news of the last 27 years happened last week. Whoa, 27 years? Wait, what happened in October 1993? Well, technically, on October 5th, 1993, Al's studio album, Alapalooza, was released. But what I really mean is that there's just some really big Weird Al news that dropped last week. Okay, so you're just saying last 27 years kind of as a matter of speech. Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, 27, it's a number that some Weird Al fans might be familiar with. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Now, on last week's episode, episode 74-inch, we shared our predictions regarding the possibility of a brand new song featuring Weird Al. Well, guess what? We were right! We called it! Shortly after our episode 74-inch dropped on last Wednesday, our friends, the Gregory Brothers, they released their brand new song called We're All Doomed, Trump vs. Biden, featuring Weird Al Yankovic, all about the first U.S. presidential debates. Now, you've probably seen it by now because, you know, it was everywhere. It was trending on YouTube. Al promoted it on all of his social media accounts and the New York Times and Rolling Stone covered it. It was pretty stinking majestic. I cannot get enough of the song. And so we know four years ago they released their first video with Al moderating a presidential debate. It was Trump versus Hillary, and that was called Bad Hombres... Nasty Women, and that was awesome, but then this one came out, and there's just so much Weird Al, there's so many funny gags, and it it is just... It's incredible. I mean, right off the bat, it starts with just Weird Al just yelling and being crazy. <laughs> and then finally somebody off the screen says, tells him to just to be dignified. And he's like, oh, okay, you know, I'm actually moderating a presidential debate. I probably should be, shouldn't be yelling and screaming. Although, you know, with the presidential debates, who knows? Maybe that's what really yeah. happened. Hey. <laughs> I've seen this video probably 800 times by now, and I always laugh when the first question starts and it's just Al doing some jazz style scatting just <laughs> and they and then he you know he realizes that the paper's upside down and then he reads it normal so <laughs> it's just such an amazing joke and I don't know if we've ever really heard Al doing jazz scatting before, have you? No, I can't think of any uh, occasions where I've heard Al do that kind of jazz scatting. It was pretty nice. I hope he can work that into some of his future songs. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's so many like really funny just lines. I don't want to give it away because, I mean, it's be surprising if our listeners have not heard it by now. But if you haven't heard it, I don't want to really put in a lot of spoilers. But I mean, he mentions, you know things like etsy shops and then he has like uh, the he tosses to the candidates to to trump and to biden and he has them do some freestyling which is really kind of funny you know and then of course he even mentions murder hornets you can't get away without mentioning murder hornets in 2020 you know i i feel like back in march or april or whatever murder hornets were a much bigger issue and i, I haven't heard much about them lately but i'm glad al is, is keeping them in mind so we can stay safe 
That reminds me of the joke that goes around. You know, as a kid, I thought that quicksand was going to be a much bigger right. problem than it really is. <laughs> Back in March, I thought murder hornets were going to be a lot bigger problem than they really are. Maybe it's a West Coast thing. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, but it was just so great. I mean, they returned some of the gags from the first debate, you know, like the wind machine. And then there's a payoff at the end of that. You know, they dropped it the day after the debate, less than 24 hours after it ended, it came out. Everyone was just freaking out. And anything that Weird Al does that kind of makes it to mainstream media, I'm sure this happens to you, Dave, but everyone I know starts sending me the link. Like, hey, did you see this? Hey, did you see this? And it's kind of funny to kind of watch, like, you know, the progression of, like, okay, you know, these people, they saw it on the first day. These people saw it on the second day. This one took it to the weekend. It's kind of funny to see that. <laughs> It wouldn't be a big Weird Al release if I did not get at least tagged by like two or three people on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, and I just, you know, let everyone know like, well, actually, we predicted it before it came out. So <laughs> so we technically already knew about it, if you count that. But I was just so happy with the song. It was so funny. I'm so glad that Weird Al and the Gregory Brothers just have this amazingly funny hit that, you know, it went viral and the timing was just so perfect. It was just so much fun. And I really liked in this one, it focused not just on the debates, but everything that was going on in 2020 yeah. is just pretty much covered. <laughs> so it's it's not just about the debates. It's not just a political song, you know, and, and they try to keep it bipartisan when they do these things anyway. But, you know, this is not just about the debates. This is just about everything that's going on in 2020, which <laughs> makes it even funnier. So this was a little Easter egg for the people who actually watched it over on the New York Times website. There were actual credits to the end of the video. Yeah, the most surprising thing was that Suzanne Yankovic is credited with doing Al's makeup. I was like, where's Sean James? What happened? <laughs> yeah, it was really interesting that he did not do the makeup on that one. But, you know, maybe Suzanne was, you know, closer and they were trying to, you know, keep everyone safe due to COVID so they didn't want to involve as much people as they usually do in a music video shoot. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the case. Another interesting thing is, again, they recorded Al's parts with the Epic Rap Battles folk. So that explains the photo we saw on the Gregory Brothers Twitter page where it showed Al posing with the Gregory Brothers on the screen. In addition to the main video, there was another video that was released over on the Gregory Brothers YouTube account, and it was a behind-the-scenes video from basically took from when they were recording with Al all the way through till right up till they released it. It was really pretty cool to get to see the behind-the-scenes, and it was nice that they thought to record all that for a behind-the-scenes video. Yeah, it was really interesting, and it's a great peek at just how hard those guys work. I mean, everyone was just like how did this video come out the day after the debates? Because it's it's a full-fledged, really, really catchy, really well-done song, and a, a video to go with it. Like, it's just, it is mind-blowing. I, I think we kind of had an advantage because we had spoken to them and we kind of know their process, but to the normal person who, who doesn't know how <laughs> the Gregory brothers are just wizards at this stuff, like, it's still really impressive. The behind the scenes video, of course, it has, you know, Al in it, you know, and he's not the main focus of it, you know, but he's definitely in there for a couple bits. There's even one spot in the video where Al texts one of the Gregory brothers and he says, good luck after watching the debate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely worth checking out that behind the scenes video. I really enjoyed it. 
Now, if you remember last week, we mentioned that we actually contacted the Gregory brothers and shared our suspicions with them, and they replied with just a graphics interchange format of Al (laughs) in front of a wall of fire just saying, despite, you know, things, and that actually does show up in the song, although in song there is no flames behind them so i wonder if they added the flames for our gif or if that was an early version i'm not sure yeah good question since we did contact them before the video came out maybe they were just working on some ideas and that's the one they happened to have have settled on at that time oh for sure it is <laughs> quickly becoming one of my favorite gifts dave i know you say gif i say gif but <laughs> Well, I say Jeff because that's how the person who invented the graphics interchange format decided to pronounce it. I think we need to ask Al what he says, and whatever he says is what goes. But anyway. No, it's whatever the guy says, but that's for a different podcast. Okay, okay. <laughs> that could be a whole episode in itself, us arguing how to pronounce G-I-F. Anyway, anyway. Whatever you call it, the animated little clip has become one of my all-time favorites. It is perfect, as I learned, for sending, you know, during this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I wish someone a happy birthday, and then I sent them the gift. So it's like, happy birthday, despite, you know, things. And <laughs> I mean, Dave, you and I, we've both celebrated our birthdays since the pandemic started. So I, I think it kind of captures happy birthday very accurately or, or really anytime you have to send something remotely positive. It's a good thing to send. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's really funny. <laughs> now, if you remember after our interview with the Gregory brothers back on episode 28 inch last year, they added the stems for the bad Ombre's nasty woman song that they did with Al back in 2016. Well, they have yet to actually add on their Patreon page the song and stems from this song, but we're hoping that they eventually do. And if not, we're going to give them a little nudge like we did last time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to hear Al's tracks separate and everything. It's just, their Patreon's really cool. We've been supporting them since we had them on last time. They put out some really good stuff. It's really fun. We are hoping to have the Gregory brothers back once the debates and elections come down. So I definitely want to ask them, you know, were there other questions that Al recorded song lyrics to? Yeah, as soon as things calm down and get back to normal, we'll have the Gregory brothers on. So that'll be like in six or seven years from now at the rate (laughs) we're going. (laughs) No, no, no. We hope to have them on as soon as they're available. It is their busy season. Yes. So... Wow, so a brand new song featuring Weird Al Yankovic. Can it get any better than that? Well, just when you think it can't get any better, there's some more really big Weird Al news that has broken since last week's episode. No way! There can't possibly be any more big Weird Al news that broke since last week's episode that can top a brand new song featuring Weird Al Yankovic. Well, you better believe it, Dave, because, yes, Weird Al has received... His Weird Al Chia Pet. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, do you think he's actually going to try to grow it? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) How creepy must it be to have this image of yourself and then you have to then grow your own hair on it? I don't know. If I was Al, I I mean, I'd be flattered, but I'd be freaked out just to have like a Chia Pet of myself staring at me every single morning. And then I have to water it to keep it alive. (laughs) Well, I want to know, is Sean James going to get a Chia Pet? And then is he going to style the Chia hair the same way that he styles Al's hair? 
<laughs> that is a great question. We're going to have to have our intern, Frank, follow up with Sean James on that one and see if we can get an answer. <laughs> I just want to see how many different styles Sean James can come up with. We're going to have to send him like a whole case of Weird Al Chia Pets and see what he can come up with. <laughs> I bet he would do something incredible with it, just knowing him. <laughs> Now, Dave, when we were doing the Chia Pet on live Instagram, you actually learned a couple tips and tricks. And I think we should share them right now, you know, for anyone listening. And of course, for Al, who I'm sure is just perplexed as to how to put his Chia Pet together. (laughs) What advice can you give to them? Well, I got to say that it gives you instructions, so definitely follow the instructions. You have to soak the chia head for a little while, and then you have to mix up this paste of chia seeds and water. Well, I felt that the ratio that they gave you of chia seeds to water was not quite the best ratio. My suggestion is to use a lot more chia seeds and a lot less water because you want to get into a paste, not into this watery mess. If it's a watery mess, it's going to slip off of the chia pet head and as we know al has a lot of hair so you need a lot of chia seeds (laughs) (laughs) right and if you always mix too much you can just eat it because it's very tasty that's right (laughs) put it on your rocky road ice cream (laughs) now there was also something super super exciting that happened in the past week not just weird al is part of a new song not just weird al got his chia pet but there's even more There's more? Okay, my brain is just overloaded. What could possibly top the amazing Weird Al news that broke last week? Now, Dave, I hope you're buckled up and sitting down for this. This, I I don't even know how to say it. I don't know if I can say it without crying. It's just, it's, I just need to take a deep breath. Oh, just spit it out. I must know. I must know. Okay. Our longtime sponsor, Burrito Burrito, has a new logo. This week's episode is brought to you in part by vegan Mexican restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped in a quesadilla Burrito Burrito. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Find them at burritosquared.com and at burritosquared on Instagram, where you can see their brand new logo. And remember, not every burrito is a Burrito Burrito Burrito, but every Burrito 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 can be Burrito Burritoed. And Dave, that's not the only big exciting thing. No, there's more? Yes, have you been to shakewell.com? S-H-A-K-E-W-E-L-L-E dot C-O-M? I'm at shakewell.com every single day. Well, last week I was doing my hourly refresh of shakewell.com when I noticed something. You noticed that too? What did you notice? Well, on the homepage, it says custom CDs available on Bandcamp, and it's colored And it's underlined as if it's a hyperlink. You know what? And I tried clicking on it, and guess what? It is unclickable. That is very not user-friendly, ShakeWell.com. I hate not being able to click on hyperlinks. That's all we're really trying to say, but (laughs) it's such a terrible thing on such an incredible website, ShakeWell.com. S-H-A-K-E-W-E-L-L-E dot C-O-M. Well, with all that big, huge, exciting news out of the way, let's get on with our recap of last week's episode. Yes, on 74-inch last week, we interviewed the one, the only, The Glove. Yes, Chris the Glove Taylor, a legend in hip-hop music. And I was really surprised when he told us that we were not the nerdiest podcast that he's ever been on. (laughs) I'm glad he shared why we're not the nerdiest, but it makes me think, 
we have to do something. A whole <laughs> podcast about Weird Al. We should be the nerdiest, Dave. Come on. We really need to be. <laughs> there are a lot of nerdy things you can have podcasts about. You can have podcasts about, you know, the TV show Lost. You can have podcasts about model horses. I mean, there's like so many nerdy things you can have podcasts about. But I got to think Weird Al podcast tops the list. Well, we need to go back into our thinking booths and we need to figure out how we can be nerdier so we can top that podcast the glove was on. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> I think it'd be really nerdy if a podcast went through and tried to rank all of songs on a certain album. That would be pretty nerdy, don't you think so? Yeah, maybe too nerdy for us, though, Dave. I don't know if we go that far. <laughs> <laughs> what was really awesome is Bermuda shared with us an amazing photo of Glove in the recording studio for his scratching on This Is The Life. And it was so cool, Dave. <laughs> it was really great. I mean, the gloves just in the studio and he's got his tongue sticking out. He later <laughs> reposted that picture and he said that, you know, Al told him to do something funny in the studio. So that's what he did. <laughs> and luckily, Bermuda was there to capture it forever. Now, if you notice, that photo was in color. And that's because the Dare to be Stupid era was not shot in black and white, which is why it's not in Bermuda's upcoming book. Time is running out to pre-order Bermuda's brand new book, and the only way to get it signed and personalized and to get those exclusive postcards for your collection is to pre-order the book at booksoup.com. Actually, there probably is another way. You could probably track down Bermuda on the next tour, but the easiest way to do it is to head on over to booksoup.com. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure he won't have that many postcards to hand out. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is really exciting. We were mentioning it the last couple of weeks, but... Our Patreon exclusive stickers and postcards, they were sent out last week and they already started to arrive in the mail to all of our amazing Patreon supporters. So we just want to share a big special thank you to all of our new and all of our longtime Patreon members. Yes, thank you so much. And we hope you enjoy the postcards and the cool stickers. Did you hear that? I sure did. You know what that means? That means that someone left a message on our 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline. The 347 Special Hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, is sponsored by Angel Valenzuela and David Cash, two amazing Weird Al fans and podcast supporters. Let's see what we got on our official Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast spatula hotline. You know what? I have this imaginary rash on my leg for the past 27 days. Soap and water didn't help. Bleach didn't work. Then my holistic natural advisor told me, Ken, you need to listen to Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast once a week, every Wednesday. And you know what? It worked. It did. That imaginary rash is all gone. Unbelievable. If you have an imaginary ailment, just listen to Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast once a week, every Wednesday, and I bet it will help you like it did me. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a good cure for anything imaginary. Wow. Thank you, Kenneth. What great and sound medical advice. You know, it's really not that much different than a lot of the medical advice we've seen floating around on social media lately. Yeah, you're a smart man to listen to your holistic advisor, Kenneth. They give some great advice. 
You know, Ethan, it's been a really long time since we have done a top five list. The last album one we did was back in December for episode 31 inch when we did the top five off the deep end songs with Allison Parsons. Yes, man, it's been such a long time. Now, we did do a top five earlier this year with Kelly Phillips, but that was with album arts, not tracks on the album. So, man, there's so many albums to choose from. What should we do? Well, seeing that... October 5th was the 27th anniversary of Alapluza. There's only one obvious choice that we should do, and that is Even Worse. Oh, yes! This is the obvious answer. Even Worse! Now, actually, as luck would have it, we know someone whose favorite album is Even Worse. Yeah, our good friend Angel Valenzuela, who sponsors the official David Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast 347 spatula hotline. He's a really big fan of Even Worse. So I think it would be great if we could have him on to help us figure out this top five. Well, it's good enough for me, Dave. Let's welcome to the podcast, Angel Valenzuela. How's it going, Angel? Hi, Dave. Hi, Ethan. How's it going? I'm doing well. (laughs) Thanks for having me on. (laughs) Yeah. You know... I feel like Even Worse gets left off of a lot of favorite album lists. You know, people always mention, you know, my favorite album, which is either Running With Scissors or Bad Hair Day. I hear a lot of people mention Mandatory Fun. You know, Dave, of course, loves Smells Like Nirvana. But Even Worse is not a regular favorite album. Yeah, that's too bad. (laughs) It is. It is. It's a great album. I would love to hear why it's so special to you. Oh, man. Well... You know, this is one of those albums, you know, I feel like it covers a lot of my favorite genres like rock and, you know, even folk a little bit's in there. It's it's notable, too, for not having a a polka in there. And believe me, I love the polkas, but I think this is one of those albums that you can put into like any musical catalog that be, you know, a a normal album for anybody to listen to. It has a lot of good music in it. And plus the the album cover is just legendary too. (laughs) (laughs) It is a great album cover. Definitely is. (laughs) It's the first time that Al actually parodied another album cover. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. The jacket's great. So it's got that going for it as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love this album so much. I actually had him sign my vinyl last year on the Strings Attached tour. I met him and had him sign it. So that was very special for me, too. I have it hanging up in my room. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Let's go back to the beginning. How did you become a fan of Weird Al? Well, uh, so growing up, you know, I, I was a huge Beatles fan. Uh, mostly I would listen to the Beatles. And then from there, I would transition on to, like, Elton John, Queen, Led Zeppelin. And uh, one day I was watching Back to the Future Part 2, and I remember when Marty McFly goes into the cafe and Beat It was on. And that's when I discovered Michael Jackson. <laughs> and um, I would, that's how I grew to love Michael Jackson. I guess you can kind of see where this is going. But uh, I would listen to the song Beat It all the time. I just actually love the song. And then one day um, my mother's husband, who is now her or her boyfriend, who is now her husband, told me, have you ever heard of Eat It? And I was like, what, what is Eat It? What, what the heck is that? <laughs> and he said, it's a song parody of Beat It. And I didn't even know song parody was a thing. Right. And then he was, he was a Weird Al fan. So he said, um, well, it's a guy, it's made by a guy named Weird Al Yankovic. So I went ahead and stumbled upon, upon Eat It. And I listened to that song and I, I liked it. It was really funny, but... I was, at first, I wasn't completely, you know, blown away by it. I just thought it was funny. And then I stumbled upon his music video for uh, Eat It. And then uh, <laughs> once I saw that, I realized how 
a similar frame by frame mimic of the real music video is beat it and then what blew me away was his effort that he put into it like you know the, the mimicking the style the dance moves just everything <laughs> so yeah once i saw the effort that he put into it that's kind of what you know made me drawn to him so after that i went ahead and downloaded i think the last album that he put out at the time and this was around 2004 so I downloaded, I think, Poodle Hat. Yeah. And the first song on that album was Couch Potato. And I'm like, okay, wow, this guy raps too? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I like Eminem, so I'm like, wow, this guy seems to do it all. Then the next song was Hardware Store. And then that's when I was like, okay, the production of this song is great. You know, that that's what made me a fan. And then the rest of the album was just fun. You know, Genius in France and, you know, uh, Why Does This Always Happen to Me? I think, you know, that album I really love. So from then on, that's when I kind of grew to really love the guy. And then this is kind of before he appealed to like the younger generation, I think with like straight out of Linwood apocalypse and mandatory fun. I feel like with those albums, he was starting to appeal to like the nerdy young kids of that era and today. So he wasn't really well known amongst younger people just yet. I feel like, so he wasn't too big, big with the younger crowd. So I feel, you know, it, it was fun to hear him and then hear him put out those albums. and like, this guy has talent. So, that's how I pretty much became a fan of his, and I realized he's not just a novelty act; he's also a real big musician. So, and I play music myself, so that's that's how I can you know relate to him. That's awesome. Yeah. What kind of music do you do, Angel? Uh, I I play violin, viola, guitar, piano. Uh, so, and I'm trying to learn cool. the accordion too. But uh, I uh, <laughs> nice. I like it. yeah, <laughs> uh, mostly rock music. Honestly, like I play a lot of you know obviously Beatles and you know a lot of piano music so that's really fun and when did you hear even worse for the first time Ooh, uh I probably probably in the mid-2000s I mean yeah. uh, there was a there was a time when I wasn't really listening to him as much but then you know a few years ago uh my co-worker at my last job you know kind of rekindled all that interest in him I'm like oh my god why did I why did I stop listening to him for a bit <laughs> like I should just keep <laughs> listening to him I'm like I'm was such an idiot. So, right. and, 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 <laughs> no, and um, even worse, just I don't know, like you hear his few albums before. I think even worse kind of had like a, I don't know, like a paradigm shift, like it, it uh, uh, mission statement, but like a paradigm shift <laughs> where, <laughs> where you know, this the his music kind of changed because after Polka Party, you know, we all know that it was kind of a flop commercially and critically. So, I like the album personally, but. The, the general public didn't but you know I, I feel like it was more of a raw sounding album you know it was just kind of like a rock you know Al at his best you know and just recording all those rock songs of the 80s that was great that's awesome yeah nice yeah well, I love that you know you went from the Beatles to Michael Jackson to Weird Al you know that's the the <laughs> obvious pathway right <laughs> Yeah, most people, a lot of people, I feel like, kind of go like from Weird Al then to other right. artists because you know he he covers so much right. stuff. But you know, but you know, and that and that's a treat for me because I, I love music so much. So a lot of the songs that Al parodies, I I recognize. Oh, I know the original song already. Like that's great. He does this right. song too because a lot of people, you know, when they hear Al, they don't know the actual song before he the parody. So I think that's a treat for me to actually know a lot of music and then get into him and then discover that he does so much so many genres and you know different catalogs that was great 
You mentioned that you went to one of the concerts on the strings attached, or have you been to any other concerts, any other tours? I haven't, and that sucks. <laughs> but I, I did see him actually uh, earlier this year at a podcast. At the he was performing, or he was a guest on a podcast called Dumb People Town, a live podcast, and it's a podcast that talks about people doing dumb stuff. And he was at this little venue in L.A. called the Coronet, I think. And I went there in the front row, and he was their special guest. And it was pretty cool to see him about wow. like 20 feet away from me talking with these people. And it was a very independent, you know, intimate setting. So I felt like I was just right there talking with him. So that was a cool uh, little thing. I think it's on their website, I think, That's Dumb awesome. People Town Podcast. Yeah, so I saw him twice in person and met him. I guess twice at the concert. So four times I saw him. <laughs> wow, amazing. <laughs> well, hopefully we get back to live tours and you get to see him again. Yeah, I definitely plan on doing that. I'm going to probably buy every VIP ticket I can because I don't want to sit in the back row. I, right. I, I had a meet and greet <laughs> ticket. I, I was like a few rows away from the Strings Attached tour. You know, being in an orchestra and seeing him with an orchestra, that was a very fun treat. So, Well, one interesting thing about the strings attached to her is there were no songs from even worse performed yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> and no polkas either actually right <laughs> yeah, yeah true but he had a, a lot of great songs uh, great uh what's it called this epic songs on there yeah but he did a lot of great songs you know i it was just it was for, for me it was like one of those i guess it was uh, uh like he performed the songs that people would like. I guess I should have went to his ill-advised vanity tour because I know he played mostly originals. I definitely would have loved that. You would have heard <laughs> a lot of even worse songs. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, you know that I missed that one. <laughs> well, hopefully Al gets back out on tour and he puts some uh, songs off of even worse back into his set list for yes. you, Angel. <laughs> And for the rest of the fans as well. Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> well, Dave, let's refresh everyone on the tracks on Even Worse and chat about them a little bit before we get into the top five. Yeah, it's a great idea. I want to start a little bit off with the actual album itself. As we mentioned, Even Worse, that's the fifth studio album from Weird Al. And that, of course, followed Polka Party in 1986. Even Worse came out on April 12th in 1988. And it was recorded from November 1987 through about February. 1988. Now, there were three singles off of Even Worse, Fat, Lasagna, and I Think I'm a Clone Now. And it was the first album, as Angel mentioned, since the original self-titled album to not feature a polka. And it's also the most recent album not to feature a polka. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah, that's funny. And it's also one of two albums to not feature a polka. I don't know how many more ways we can say it. Uh, also, it <laughs> now Al said that the album, because it had a lot of accordion-heavy songs on it, like Lasagna, he felt that it did not need more accordion on it. It did not need a polka. We'll leave that up to the uh, listener to yes. determine if that was the correct choice or not. <laughs> yeah, I've always wondered why I didn't do a polka on the album. I mean, I love the polkas, but you know, uh, I'm, 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 I mean, I'm not mad that he didn't do one i was just like i wonder why he didn't do a polka yeah it, it is an album that there is so much variety on it it's almost like you get to the end and you're not like hey where's the polka i think i kind of agree that there's enough accordion on there that you're not like hey where's the accordion on this album right <laughs> yeah yeah you guys are gonna love this this fact is that even worse peaked at 
Number 27 on the Billboard 200. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I would like it more if it peaked higher, but I guess, you know, the <laughs> if it peaked at number one, that would be pretty stinking majestic. But, you know, yeah, 27, that's a good number to peak at, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> he did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, 27 is pretty impressive. And, you know, you're right. If it's not going to be number one, it might as well be 27. <laughs> <laughs> not bad out of 200 right my order of preference is 1 27 then 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 <laughs> up through 26 and then yes. 28 through 200 <laughs> and i think it almost spent 27 weeks on the charts it spent like 26 so i'm like dang almost <laughs> <laughs> oh man well we still have time to get it back on the charts all we have to do is go out and purchase a lot of albums of even worse and we can yeah. get it back on the charts we should do that sometime <laughs> that 27th week we should raise like a million dollars and just buy the same album a bunch of times and just <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great use of a million dollars i i can't think of any other any other reason any other purpose for to use a million dollars for yeah me either i'll I'll, uh, I'll sign up for who wants to be a millionaire and okay. I'll, I'll try to raise money. <laughs> now even worse was also al's first album to go platinum oh. which means it sold over one million uh, copies in the u.s very cool and as we mentioned it was the first album where the cover itself is a parody of of course right. michael jackson's album bad yeah, and it's you know it's got Al dressed in the leather suit with the the stuff hanging off, and this is even worse on the side. And I I think you know this went over my head for a while as a kid, but even worse is of course in reference to bad, which is you know yeah. bad, but now Al is even worse. So I think that you know even the title of the album is a parody in a sense. So uh, parodies every which way. <laughs> It's very clever, like, you know, even worse. Like, who would have thought? And, you know, when I tell people, because people, I know people that like Michael Jackson. So when I say, yeah, this he does a, like, a, song, a parody of Michael Jackson with this album. It's called Even Worse. And they're like, even worse? The album's called Bad? And yeah, it's even worse than Bad. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so there's 11 songs on the album. You want to bring us through them, Dave? Sure. If the first song on the album is the, also the first single off of the album, and that is Fat, which is the parody of Michael Jackson's Bad in which the uh, narrator summarizes his life as a very ridiculously severely obese person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the second time that Al has parodied Michael Jackson, the first one, of course, being the parody of Beat It called Eat It. Right. Apparently, Michael Jackson really liked this song. He, he bought a few copies of the album for a lot of his friends, and he did donate the set for his Moonwalker music video to Al to shoot the video for that as well. So nice of him. Such a great video. One of my all-time favorite Weird Al videos, for sure. <laughs> yeah, his dance moves are funny. <laughs> <laughs> and this is also one that's really fun in concert. Oh, yeah. Yes, definitely a concert favorite as well. Yep. This was one of Al's biggest hits. It actually peaked at number 99 on the Billboard 100 singles. So it just barely made it on there. <laughs> but I don't think that reflects how big of a hit it really is. Yeah. Out of um, how many songs, it's, 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 a, it's a achievement in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> the music video itself for Fat won a Grammy for the best concept music video, which was Al's second Grammy. That's right. 
Wow. The second track on the album is called Stuck in a Closet with Vanna White. And this was one of Al's first original songs that he actually recorded for the album, along with Melanie. They basically started recording on that first day together. Hmm. And this is a song, a, a pretty odd song, in which the narrator describes a, like, a reoccurring dream that he has about being stuck in a closet with the hostess from the very famous Wheel of Fortune game show. I wonder what she thought. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a great question. I do wonder what she thought because Vanna White did later work with Al on two projects, and I never heard anything from Vanna White. I don't know if she's ever given an opinion on the song. I don't know if Al even talked to her about the song. Of course, Al appeared on Wheel of Fortune along with Little Richard and Mm -hmm. James Brown and Lee Greenwood back in 1994. But a couple months earlier, the movie Naked Gun 33 and a Third, The Final Insult, came out. And Al, of course, has a couple scenes in that movie with Vanna White. (laughs) (laughs) She loved it, I guess. (laughs) I've never heard Vanna White give an opinion about the song either way. I would love to know what she thought about the song. Or if she's even heard the song. I've got to imagine she's heard the song. It'd be great if you guys could get her on the show. (laughs) (laughs) I went to a taping of Wheel of Fortune, and in between, they record a couple episodes during the day, and in between, they do a little bit of a Q&A with her, and you can ask questions, and my hand did not get picked, but I was going to ask her about (laughs) how she felt. So, sorry, I don't have anything to share, but... (laughs) (laughs) At least he tried. (laughs) We're just going to have to send you back to uh, the Wheel of Fortune tapings until they do actually right. pick your your, cho- your choice. So. Right. <laughs> so the third track on the album is called This Song's Just Six Words Long. It's a parody of Got My Mind Set on You as covered by the ex-Beatle. That's a toss out to you there, Angel. The ex-Beatle, George Harrison. <laughs> and it was originally by... Uh, James Ray, which Hutch Davy Orchestra and Chorus. So it's it's a, not actually um, a Beatles song or a George Harrison song. It's actually just a cover that he did. I read this piece of trivia. I didn't verify it, but it's it sounds good to me. Is that Al's song has 99 different unique words in it, and the original only has 40 different unique words in it. So <laughs> neither song has exactly six words in it. Right. But Al's song has more. That's great. <laughs> Number four is a style parody of Oingo Boingo, which was a new wave band that was active around that time. They're best known for their song, Dead Man's Party. But the track on the Even Worse album is called You Make Me. It's a very demented love song sort of track (laughs) where the narrator is kind of drawn to do these really odd, strange, unusual things due to impress the object of their attraction. In the permanent record, Al in the Box booklet, Al says that this was the closest that he ever came to writing a real love song. So if you can imagine (laughs) just exactly what this tells you about Al's love life. I wonder if the line, you make me want to eat pork, if Al thought about it differently once he became a vegetarian years later. (laughs) (laughs) The next track is... I Think I'm a Clone Now, which was released as the third single off of the album. It is a parody of I Think We're Alone Now, as it was covered by Tiffany, but originally done by Tommy James and the Shondells. And you want to remember that name because that's going to be important later when I get to another song. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The song is actually about this man who has a clone and he lives side to side with his clone and he talks all about the adventures that him and his clone go on together. (laughs) 
The next song was released as the second single off of the album, and that is called Lasagna. Now, this is a parody of the traditional Mexican folk song, La Bamba, that was popularized by Richie Valens and later covered by Los Lobos. What's interesting about this is that even though a lot of the songs were popular at the time back in the 80s that Al did the parody of them, they turned out to be from older songs. So in this case, this was uh, an older traditional Mexican folk song that was popularized by Richie Valens. The new version, Lasagna, is kind of written in the style of like an Italian folk song, which is really <laughs> focusing a lot on the Italian culture and especially a lot on the Italian food. Right. <laughs> and originally, Al wanted to record this song in Italian but then he kind of came to his senses and said that it's going to be lost on like 99% of my audience <laughs> if, I, if I just sing this song entirely in Italian. Another interesting bit of trivia about this song is though, even though it's a parody and Al tries to get permission to do a parody song out of the goodness of his heart, there was nobody to ask to do a parody in this song because it was a traditional folk song. So he didn't have to actually ask anybody. He just went ahead and did the parody. And that's why he's written as the sole writer hmm. of the song on the liner notes. Just back to the previous fact, I wish he did record a version in Italian, like the Japanese version of Jurassic Park. It would be really cool just to hear that recording. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be pretty wild. That would be pretty wild. <laughs> if you have any Italian listeners who are also musical, please make that happen for us. <laughs> we will send you a sticker. <laughs> The next track off the album is called Melanie. It is another demented love song. It's an original about this stalker who's obsessed with his neighbor whose name is Melanie. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the first time I started researching it, it was listed as like Al's only song that could be considered (laughs) PG-13. Pretty dark song. It is. (laughs) So what's interesting about this song is that it makes a reference to a certain building called the Galmore Building, and that Galmore Building is actually the location of one of Al's old apartments. Yeah, when we were chatting with Bermuda on episode 27 Inch, he mentioned that it was the Galmore Building where they actually recorded a few things, including the Al TV theme. Very cool. (laughs) I have not visited it, but I really do want to go check it out sometime. Angel, you're closer than we are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have you ever been to the Galmore building? That's in LA, right? And I haven't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'll, if I go, I'll try to jump from the 16th story. Okay. <laughs> Just make sure you call 347 Spatula before you jump so we can hear it and play it on the podcast. Which, of oh, course, okay. you sponsor the 347 hotline, so it'd be very apropos. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely do that next time I'm out there. <laughs> the next track on the album is a parody of Moni Moni as covered by Billy Idol, which originally was done by, here's that name again, Tommy James and the Shandells. Wow. So that's what, three songs that are parodies of covers <laughs> so far? <laughs> <laughs> This song, of course, is called Alimony, Al's version of it, and it's about a man whose ex-wife pretty much takes everything from him as an alimony payment. <laughs> his love life is something. <laughs> That's right. Maybe uh, maybe he, he has to pay alimony to his ex-wife because now he's infatuated with Melanie. Right. <laughs> uh. Uh, hey, good storyline. <laughs> And though it actually sounds like on the album that the song is recorded live in front of, you know, a big, huge uh, group of fans, it was it was uh, all that effect was done entirely in the studio. It was not recorded live. 
And the reason why it was recorded live is it's actually a uh, it's a parody of the live version that Billy Idol does, which he released as a music video. Mm. The next track on the album is a style parody of the police called Velvet Elvis. Velvet Elvis. Dave, isn't your nickname Elvis? <laughs> It is. It is. It definitely is. My nickname is Elvis. Dave Velvet Elvis Rossi. (laughs) (laughs) So this song is about those gaudy and kitschy uh, paintings of Elvis Presley that are done on a velvet (laughs) canvas that you often see being sold at gas stations or off the side of the road. Um, (laughs) Maybe not anymore. Maybe at the time, but I haven't seen... If I saw a Velvet Elvis at a gas station, I would buy the crap out of that. (laughs) (laughs) I've got so many holes in my walls that I need to cover up. (laughs) On the Vanity Tour, Al said in concert that he would often uh, say that his band is better than the police because uh, there are five people in his band and there are only three people in the police band. So... (laughs) Five is better than three, so, of course, Al and his band are two better. That's right. <laughs> That's math. You can't argue with it. I guess that means he's also better than the Beatles, too, huh? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah. The next to last track on the album is called Twister, and this is interesting. It's a style parody of the Beastie Boys, which was a rap and hip-hop type trio, which were active from like 1978 through about 2012. But it also is sort of a cover song of a commercial that came out for Milton Bradley's very popular party game called Twister. I couldn't find the actual exact commercial that it came from, but I did find a very close representative of the commercial from when it debuted in 1966, and there are a lot of lines that are exactly the same, which I'll lift it from that commercial. And last but not least, the final track on the album is Good Old Days, another original song done in the style of James Taylor, but Al kind of described it as not just a James Taylor style parody, but as if James Taylor and Charles Manson kind of collaborated <laughs> to write a song. <laughs> so it's a very dark, twisted song about this narrator reminiscing about his very disturbing and warped childhood. <laughs> it's such a fun song. <laughs> I feel like this song could be rated R. You know? <laughs> Almost. Yeah. 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 I mean, when you were saying earlier that you thought that Melanie was a PG-13 song, I was curious to see what you thought about Good Old Days and yeah. some of the other ones. <laughs> I saw it described as one of Al's only PG-13 songs. I think that there are a couple that could make that rating. <laughs> All right, so we basically went through every track on the album, and uh, now I think we should get into the top five. But since it's been a while since we've done a top five, can you remind us and the audience, our listeners, how exactly a top five uh, works? Yeah, so what we are going to be determining today is the definitive top five songs on Even Worse. Once we come up with this, no one can argue with us because this is, as I said, the definitive top five list. How it's going to work is we are going to start at five and we're each going to share our top five songs in order, but we have not seen each other's lists, so we'll be hearing them for the first time. We'll start at five, we'll go up to one, and then it will be our job to peacefully and within the next 27 hours of recording time determine (laughs) the top five as decided by us it'll become definitive nobody can argue people can have their opinions but in the record books we will look at 
our top five lists that we determined today as the ultimate definitive list. Very well said. <laughs> I was reading <laughs> off of a paper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think it, it would be great for us to start. Angel, you are our guest. We would love to hear what your number five track is. Okay. So the number five song that I have is Twister. <laughs> um you know, when I first heard the song, I, I, I didn't really listen to it that much. I didn't like it too much. But the more I listened to it, the more I liked it. Because I like, you know, I like the record scratching and how hardcore he sounds. And like Dave said, it was off a 60s, 60s commercial. And I like how he just turned that nice 60s commercial into a Beastie Boy style parody. And <laughs> it almost sounds like he's, not, I'm not, I don't want to say it, but it almost sounds like he's like mocking the Beastie Boys. It's like music, <laughs> even though... <laughs> Right. I'm sure he means well, but you know, I just I, it sounds like he's kind of like mocking them with, you know, I'm a hardcore. I'm going to write about Twister, you right. know, you know, it's just <laughs> <Kids> funny. <game. laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure he means well, but you know, and I love the vocals too, you know. Yeah, every time he says Twister, you know, yeah. it's just, <laughs> right. It's great. So, you know, I I had to put that in my top 5, you know, it grew on me, so. Yeah. Well, Dave, you actually covered Twister on one of our episodes this year. <laughs> That's right, I did, I did. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that Twister was on your list, Angel, because it is on my list as well. And I thought awesome. I was going to have to fight for that one. So I'm glad that at least it, it, I have somebody uh, on my side for this one. But it, as you mentioned, it's such a fun song. And it's just, it's Al's shortest song on the on the album. It's only a minute mm -hmm. and three seconds long. So, and it's just, it's about as long as a commercial was back in the 1960s, effectively. Mm -hmm. um, and it was Al's really, his first attempt at trying to do any kind of rap or hip hop song. So, you know, it was kind of his uh, delve into rap and hip hop. Oh yeah. It just goes to show, you know, his talent, like he just willing to do like whatever genre is popular or not popular. You know, like the fact that he just does record scratching in his catalog as well, you know, just makes me, you know, admire the guy. <laughs> have you guys ever actually played Twister? I have played Twister. Yes. <laughs> I used to play Twister as a child all the time. It was, it was a lot of fun. Mostly play shoots and ladders. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't think I've played Twister since I was in like preschool. <laughs> I have no memory playing. I know I have played it at one point, but certainly not as an adult. It's a little different when you're older. Right. <laughs> <I feel> like... <laughs> Yeah, the game kind of takes on a little different meaning right. as you uh, get a little bit older. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So my number five song on Even Worse is Melanie. Oh, Melanie. Why is Melanie your number five song? I really enjoy the song Melanie. I like that it's demented and weird. You know, the Mohawk to the cat. You know, the narrator kills himself effectively it's, it's just it's such a weird and twisted song that i very much enjoy it <laughs> and it's certainly a favorite at concerts when you hear it it's definitely a fan favorite song so i i definitely felt it deserved to be on the top five but i like four other songs better so that's why it's at number five i love that song yeah it's also on my top five but uh <laughs> no uh, his vocals for that song are great it's like one of those songs that you can like you know just listen to with than show to anybody, I feel like, and they'll probably like the harmonies and stuff. Then <laughs> I like, yeah, I really like the song. 
Well, I had a tough time actually with Melanie. It was actually, I, I was back and forth between two songs, my number five song, which I eventually did settle on and Melanie for the number five spot. And like right up until the last minute, I had Melanie there. So I just switched it out right before. So it's, it's number one on my honorable mention list. I do enjoy the song very much. I love the lines and it like gave a mohawk to your cat. That is so much fun. <laughs> um, and of course, you weren't impressed when I uh, tattooed your name across my forehead. <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't impress somebody, then, you know, <laughs> what will impress them? Right. Um, well, tattooing their name across your ankle is what will impress them. <laughs> Maybe I should have went for the forehead. Yes. <laughs> The first time I heard this song live was on the Bad Hair Tour. Hearing it live actually moved it up a lot on my list. So that's why I had such a difficult time. He's done it a couple uh, times since then as well. Um, it is a fan favorite at the concerts. So it, it may pop up again in a future tour. The The one issue I had with it was, uh, what, like you had mentioned, is that as he jumped out the 16th story window, he effectively <laughs> killed himself. Well, if he's killed himself, then how can he sing the song? So it was a little bit of uh, continuity logic there, which bumped it out of the fifth place for me into honorable mansion. That makes sense. I, I look for continuity with my Weird Al songs always. So Dave, what is your number five? So my number five, the one that just, just barely, barely edged out Melanie, was a song about another woman stuck in a closet with Vanna White. Oh, wow. <laughs> Well, I already talked about trying to get the answer on how Vanna feels about this song, but obviously you feel a certain way about this song. So why number five, Dave? I just think it's a really fun song. And just in general, the thought of being stuck in a closet with Vanna White is pretty appealing. Um, <laughs> in itself right. it's kind of interesting it's just in general about having you know the dream over and over again you know this this poor person is stuck with this dream every single night and just can't get rid of it i feel like maybe the first time it would be fun you know by the second or third time you're like All right, this is getting old but then by like the fourth and fifth night you know and then months and months later you have to go to therapy you know if you're constantly having this dream over and over again but you know there's some of the fun things that happen in the dream are you know make it fun and what i really really also just enjoy about the song in general is the guitar work on that track is absolutely amazing it is really great guitar work i really enjoy the guitar in the song oh absolutely have you ever considered what the the backstory is though of of why they were both in a closet in the first place <laughs> Well, I don't know. It's, it's a dream. I mean, you can't really control <laughs> dreams all that often. So it's whatever your subconscious wants to happen. So he just really wants to be trapped in with Vanna White. And, you know, it's hard to hard to make that argument, you know, why you wouldn't want to be trapped in a closet with Vanna White. This is also the longest song on the album. Uh. It clocks in, I think, over five minutes. <laughs> and one of the longest titles. <laughs> <laughs> True. It might be. A, I think it is the longest title on the album as well. The guitar work is amazing. It's actually. Um, I feel like it's one of those real rock songs that Alice put out, where it's people are wondering, like, is this really Al Yankovic playing this? You know. <laughs> and uh, I think is this album produced by Rick Derringer? I think still. So I think he. Yeah, this album is still produced by Rick Derringer at this point. I yep. like the guy too. I know he did Hulk Hogan's theme song, so that that was you know I like Rick Derringer a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And I like Hulk Hogan, so he's cool. But yeah, no, uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic piece. And yeah, Vanna White, like you said, you know, appealing. You know, <laughs> Angel, what is your number four song? Yes, my number four song is "You Make Me" 
the Oingo Boingo style parody. Uh, like you said, uh, it's one of Al's closest real love songs, even though it's... <laughs> <laughs> he makes him out of weasel in his shorts using the recommended bleach. And, um, and I don't really use the recommended bleach myself. I should probably do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and because of this song, I actually have uh, tried, almost failed to make it a Belgian waffle Eiffel Tower. Uh, I should have took a picture of it, but I, I ended up eat, eating it. Because, <laughs> like, who does that? Who makes waffles? <laughs> the Eiffel Tower of Belgian waffles. Uh, next time I do that, I'll take a picture and send it to you. Yes. But, yeah. I feel like that's the, o- the only way that a... Eiffel Tower made out of Belgian waffles can end up being eaten. I mean, what are the other choices? Exactly. You know, Bronzing like, it, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this song's great, and you can I, I, you can listen to it on a drive, you know, and it's, it's just a funny song. You can rock out to it, and yeah, it's on number four. <laughs> Very demented, it's in a, a way. Song. Yeah. Alright, Dave, now it's time for you to share your number four pick. On next week's episode, we're going to continue this epic conversation on episode 76 inch. So for now, thank you so much to Angel Valenzuela. Cannot wait for the riveting conclusion on next week's episode. We know next week is an entire week away and we we feel it. We really do. So we're going to give you a couple little teasers. Now, we will say of the 11 tracks on Even Worse, there is only one song that doesn't land in any of our individual top five lists. Now, remember to come up with a definitive top five list. All three of us have to agree on the ranking. And let me just say, there's some controversy leading up to the ranking up to the very last minute. (laughs) You won't want to miss that riveting conclusion. But in the meantime, we definitely want to hear what your top five tracks on Even Worse are. So be sure to share them on social media. Send them to us on the 347 Spatula Hotline. We'd love to share your top fives on next week's episode when we reveal the definitive top five. Yeah, post your list over at 2000inch on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or head on over to group.2000inch.com and share your list there. Each week, we can bring you this podcast absolutely free thanks to sponsors like Burrito Burrito, Angel Valenzuela and his son, David Cash, Jackson Scoggins, and our amazing new Patreon supporters like Mike, Chad, and so many more. Revenue from our incredible supporters on Patreon.com slash 2000inch is how we can afford to continue to do what we love, which is making fantastically fun, funny, and family-friendly Weird Al podcasts for you each and every week. We'd absolutely appreciate your consideration in joining our heroic Patreon family for as little as $1 per month. Another way to support the podcast is to pick up and wear merchandise from the official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast shop. Head over to shop.2000inch.com for t-shirts, bags, mugs, and more. And if you're following our friend Jared's Weird Al Hawaiian shirt collection on Instagram at Weird Al Prince, you'll see he's featured 2,000-inch shirts in at least two of his amazing posts. You don't want to miss that. That's at Weird Al Prince, P-R-I-N-T-S. Find us online at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com and please join our Facebook group by heading on over to group.2000inch.com where you can find amazing episode discussions and other exclusive content. Don't forget to tag fun, Weird Al, or podcast-related posts on social media using hashtag 2000inch and hashtag Gil and chill. And remember to follow at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
Make sure to share our posts. Tell your friends about the podcast. And we love it when you leave us voice messages via our 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347-SPATULA. You might even hear your message on the air. You already know where to find us, but do yourselves a favor. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, or the podcast app of your choice and hit that subscribe button so you do not miss a single episode. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Thanks again to Angel, Kenneth, and all of our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters, and sponsors, and everyone else who made this episode and our podcast possible. I really hope that Weird Al follows through and he does start to grow his own Chia Pet. I am a little concerned, though, because the instructions, they can get a little bit confusing. Well, yeah, but luckily you shared your experience and you gave all your great tips and ratios and, you know, more seeds, less water. I think he'll be fine. Oh, I'm not worried about that. I think Al will do a fine job with the ratio. I'm just really afraid that he's going to start spreading the chia seeds on his own head. And then he's going to start growing like his own hair and it's going to get mixed in there. And he's going to have these chia head hair and he's going to have this green little plant sticking out of his head. And then he's going to put chia seeds in his mustache and it's just going to get really messy. That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 75-inch. And then it's going to get on his face, and he's going to grow new glasses, and then the LASIK's not stop working. And... <laughs>